basically, okay, whenever there's a pot of money laying around and you've got two bad guys, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be one guy trying to take it all or something. That's what's going on. So they don't know that Harold Lloyd is there. So we're going to see a bunch of gags in which he's hiding. Okay, now, it's unrealistic, but this is a movie. They were only lit by a candle. It's fallen out, and now it's fucking dark as night. It's not, it's not catching on fire like the last scene? No, the show. Right, it is not. Now, he's, he's Harold Lloyd, and like, he's kind of... No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Excuse me. Excuse me. He has now basically killed Sandoni and put him... Okay, who should come in but the monkey who will out him? Right. Uh, I feel backwards. He, like, fucked up Flash and shoved him down there. I think he's dead, but he might just be knocked out. But we won't really interact with him again. We're going to have is it? Sandoni. What is it, Lassie? What is it? Timmy fell down the well? He goes, look, you fuck, right here, you dummy. Look. As if a monkey's got a human. Hey. Listen, a monkey's you get my money back. He's the smartest guy in the boat. They're on a boat, and the monkey is revealing Harold Lloyd. It's all perfect. <laughs> now we're going to get a now look it's bright as daylight yeah no that we're I agree with a super super long sequence in which they're going back and forth you think this is set up no the yeah. old silent I don't now Sandoni will get the best of Harold Lloyd very often but Harold Lloyd will get the best of Sandoni just as many times don't know it's a long sequence it's a fun look it's a fun chase oh this is like it's it reminds me of jackie chan i mean it's just what i want to watch chaos and guy behind yep that's what you're gonna get where is he where is he could he be in the closet hey hey he's in here fucking monkey now the monkey's gonna get his shoes and the gag here, I don't think it's a believable premise, but the gag is the Sandoni will hear the shoes thinking it's Harold. Oh, Harold. Yeah, thinking it's Harold Pickers. Look, clump, 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 clump. Oh, he's going up the stairs. Clump, oh, wait, clump. is the music doing clumping noises? This monkey is so cooperative. He does everything he's supposed to in the film. Right. Look how he's hanging on. There's a lot of animals. We've watched a dog do his thing. We've watched how a monkey. Could it be? Yeah, I know. We saw a goose chase the tail of a pig. How we saw a pig wear a hat and walk down the. Well, that you can put a hat. On yeah. Him. Oh, what? One take? That's not a one take shot. Look. So he thinks he's hearing. He's oh, he's on the roof. Bonk, 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 bonk. Hey. Uh. How trained is this monkey? I know. I haven't seen trained monkeys in monkey business. Harvey Keitel. Oh, that would be funny. Burner Bird. Gotcha! Huh? Oh, damn it. It's just my monkey wearing Harold's shoes. Damn, I can't believe I fell for that. Okay. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, I'm a fucking monkey. Yeah. <laughs> After all that. Okay, now. Got the money. And there'll be a continuity error. Like, he collects all the money, but then it. Ah, it's not 
they have a story to tell. So once again, Harold has been bested because now he's got the money. If he finds what looks like a rifle, he's going to best. Hello, Sheriff. He goes, huh? Sheriff instead of da not dad, but okay. Well, they're on the job. I guess, yes. Gotta keep the personal shit off the table. What an idiot. Bonk. <laughs> oh, I'm such an idiot! Can't believe I fell for that for four minutes. Perfect. Huh? Oh. So this director was one of the first. He made up. You know how like um, a camera will be on the dolly on track. Yeah. He made it up. It's they a milestone. It's a milestone move. <laughs> like his name. His name is Lewis Milestone. Yeah, it's a milestone. So you were saying the director got taken off this film? Yeah, there was some sort of problem. Um. Okay, production originally began with the director, Lewis Milestone, but due to contract difficulties with Warner Brothers, he had to resign. Due to contract problems with another studio, Lewis left the production after having filmed the majority of the film in an uncredited capacity. He was replaced with Ted Wilde. Wilde had to leave the film due to illness. He later died of a stroke. This guy died wow. at 40 years old. So what Harold replaced him with two gag men as directors. It really didn't go. J.A. Howe and Lex Neal. But Lloyd wound up directing most much of the film itself as he did with most of his films. He never took credit for directing, only producing. So they had a great director for most of it, and when they were in trouble, they were just like, fuck it, let's just finish it. Finish it. Bonk! Ow. Bonk! Why is it not... Why is he not in pain? We'll find out. Bonk! Fence? Whoop! Oh. oh. What a crazy film. Now, luckily for Harold, Andoni cannot swim. Okay. <laughs> Are they by the dam? No, there is no dam. They collected money for the dam there. But isn't there like a dam lake no. nearby? Well, no, their party was the, the, the sort of christening or beginning, like, like the treasurer is going to come, get the money, and now it'll be funded. That was what that event was. I got you. Money got stolen. Now, look how good Harold is. Like, he, he does he help. Knows right. Not so great, Sandy. He's a hickory. Sandoni will best him. He will best Sandoni. Sandoni will best him. He will best Sandoni. But in the end, gotcha, Mario. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Throwing barrels. You got to bring up the Donkey Kong. Because I can't swim. I can't swim. Those are my shoes. Gotcha. You've got him. Harold Hickory is really, really. A contender here. Yeah. yeah. He is just as good as his brothers, and he he's just not as strong as them, not as old as them. 
But he'll he'll fight. I mean, look at that cow. Yeah, this is good fighting. Every time you see Sandoz, ooh, right in the neck. Every time he bests him, you think he's out of it. He bests him back. Back into the water. <laughs> and then I can't swim. I can't swim. Right. But Harold yeah. Keaton is going to take advantage of that right now and try to murder. Sardastic. He's going to try to murder Sardastic. Sandoni. Sardonic. Sandoni. Sardoni. Lloyd made nearly 200 comedy films, both silent and talky, yeah. 14 to 47. His The Speckled Glass character was a resourceful, ambitious go-getter who matched the zeitgeist of the 1920s era in the United States. Usually his films are in metropolis cities. This was one of his rural. Right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you should check out. His silent movies are good. You know, didn't we, uh, especially this third, oh, I have my shit together. He made a movie called College, uh, where he was like, uh, well, that's a that's a college is a Buster Keaton. Oh, okay, I'm thinking Buster Keaton. Okay, he is about to do the greatest thing to, to really incapacitate. He's hog tying. Hog -tying. Well, that's just the beginning. He's really gonna fucking incapacitate him, and he's gonna fuck him up all the way back to the dad. Okay, I'm, I can't wait to see this. Did drag his body. Now here comes the son to report. Fuck, I know, Dad. I don't know. Oh. Nope, we couldn't. We went clear beyond the county. We can't find a trace of him. Now Hoops will actually say it. Jim Hickory, I believe you stole that money. I agree. Big fight. He's saying what we're all thinking. I think Mary, goodness, Mary, you've got big tits. I'm just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> your headliner, now it's time to bring up your headliner. Okay, now, the internet thinks it's another continuity error. I don't agree. No, the money was all there. The money, it's all put away, and then there's some left on the table. Now, we can't to the right. Now, the internet's probably right, but it's not that big a deal of continuity. Here's my least favorite gag in the movie. Least favorite gag. Yeah, he can't read. Is that funny that he can't read? It's funny that Harold Lloyd's oblivious to it. Yeah. As many of life's dangers. Okay, so now all the money's put away. And when he runs away, there'll be more. Oops. <laughs> oh, the money's gone. Now see the porthole. Is that a big deal? What did the. No. no. You're right. No. And also, like, whatever those dollars are, they really represent money back then. Okay, watch. This is how he completely incapacitates him and bests him. Oh, I just wanted one lifesaver, not the whole roll. Yeah. Now the money is in the lifesaver. Oh. Intentionally? Did we watch him do that? Well, the money was in his hand, and oh, I don't I think see. it was intentional, but that is what ended up. Look, he's tying him up so that all the life preservers stay the same, and this guy is stuck. Oh, one more. Nice what is that? This is like itchy and scratchy. Like you just can't leave him alone. You got to put him on a crane and drag him. Around. 
This guy didn't commit suicide after dealing with all this shit? No, he was the right contender to commit suicide. Now look what we got here. The waterboarder. Yeah. Well, no, but... He's gonna ride like a boat. Oh, that's crazy. Remember, he lost his rowboat. That yeah. became a problem because he did this. You know, it wasn't like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? So now he's gonna broom his way home. <laughs> People pay. Hey, guys would pay good money to get uh, to do this. Dirty. Now, it doesn't look fun. Really, look, he put the broom on his face. I know it doesn't look fun. Awful as an actor. Well, as an actor, you're fucking terrible. <laughs> he smacked him. Yeah. So the money's in there. It's gonna be dry. The money's in his. The bad guy in Sandoni's hand. Star. Star. Don't fix me up. Sandoni. Sardoni. Sardoni. Okay. <laughs> now, they're like, everyone now believes what Sheriff says. And it's like, you know, turning in the badge. Yeah. It's, it's unclear, but I think they're going to fucking lynch him without any jury court. And look how he's not objecting. He's a hickory. Now, uh, look what. Yeah, look at him. I can't I can't believe this poor fucking actor. Right. It's a real actor there. That's not a dummy. No. But maybe you know, it is here. Well, right here, yeah, it has to be. I mean, there must be some kind of trickery. If I mean, you know, if this was now, it would be C. Guy and there would be posters landing on his face while he's laying down. Yep. Now you see how Mary is tied up, also. One of the medicines. Sure. He planned this. Same thing with the other two. Now here he comes. Here he comes. Our big hero. Now look, we're losing some life preservers as he goes along. Look at that. This when is you were all practical. When you were younger, did you ever try to smoke pot to a, a lifesaver roll? No. Look. Poop threw it at his head. Come on, save the day. Da, 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 da. Yeah, what there a goes man sheriff Jeff, Jim, Jim Hickory is, right? He's just taking it. He's going to get killed. Yeah. Bonk! Oh, my God. <laughs> We don't know if that was a real street ranch. It is a movie. Yeah, no, I know it is a movie, but this guy is getting. Whoa! Who should it be? I've got the me! And he's a. There it is! Whoa! Whoa. That's my son! Don't lynch my dad. He's innocent. No, dad gets the money. Here you are, father. And look, the brothers love him too. Yeah, they're like that kid's brother of a. All you had to do was save me from a lynching to get my love. <laughs> That's it. This oh, was released depressed. January 22, 1927, distributed nice. by Paramount Pictures. It was a box office success. It has a horrible tag. Oh, there goes Hooper. He's changed. Yeah. Now there look, goes Mary. Why is walking away. I don't get that, but. 
Harry. Oh, Harold. Now, why is she looking for Harold? She knew where he was the whole time. We need a couple more minutes of Harold. Now, look, they want to kiss each other and hug each other, but they can't. You know, yeah, 18, 1890. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to period. This is that action. Like, you think there's one last battle, but it's more of an epilogue kind of battle because he doesn't. In oh, modern yeah. movies, it's supposed to be you think you won, but now you didn't. Well, this time it's sort of like you think you won and you did, so you're going to extra win. I don't right. know. Right. Oh, yeah. You pick a fight. My only criticism. Now, here comes all the dust, so we can't see what's happening. And when it the is. dust clears, he's the victor. And then do we see the end? Kind of. Oh, yeah. Look, he's going off in the sunset with his with Harry. Right. Uh, there he is. Now he's going to go touch her, off. touch her, put your arm around her. Yeah, no, yeah, see, he doesn't. She did turn. it. Oh, oh, peanuts. Finish wrong. It's so that's peanuts. it. No credits. Hey, well, that was Kid Brother. Uh, Carl Let's take you on with Kid Brother with Harold Lloyd. Loved it. Great film. Terrific. Uh, yeah. It's strange when we do great films. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's not I'm usual. A, it's no, it is not usual. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! So I'm looking at at uh, YouTube. There was a movie from '87 called The Kid Brother. It was like way without uh, bottom limbs, almost hitchhiking basically. Anyway, so enough about that. We had just watched the 1927 The Kid Brother. Now in the public domain. Think? I loved it. Every yeah. second of it. Really funny. Uh, it's great. It was a great movie. It was very hard to riff off of funny movies. You know, you would think like this public domain would take us back to crappy movies, like that horrible movie we saw that Charlie Chaplin loved. The, um, oh God! The, what was that no. guy's name again? With with Harold Lloyd's around and Buster Keaton's around and that um, uh, Henry, uh, um, that other one we saw who he was pretending to be a baby. It was really great artists back then. What was that film? He remember he walked uh, with Mommy Dearest. Right, um, tramp, tramp, tramp. There are some great films in the twenties. Funny stuff. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, really lucky. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of a nice break from watching crappy movies that fail. Oh, right. God. Speaking of crappy movies that fail, Carl, <laughs> it's time to talk about next week's film. I'm really excited about this. We're doing the old switcheroo, as you know, Carl. How many times have you watched this movie? Uh, this was for. But in honesty, the third time I watched this film, I really was skipping through, trying right. to find these continuity things and trying to find stuff I missed. So I would say I saw it two times, and then right now with you, and a little extra. Okay, well, sounds good. Well, next week's movie, we're doing the old switcheroo. I am going to do the research. I'm going to watch this movie a bunch of times. Thank you, And Mike. write down notes. Thank you. I'll tell you the reason. I watched a documentary on Tubi from last a couple years ago from the actual director of this film. Wait, Tubi or not Tubi? Tubi. That's my question. No, no, the answer is Tubi. Uh, and, well, the movie we're, next week we're going to watch from 1974, Ghost in the Day Sun. This uh -huh. is a Peter Sellers, Spike Milligan pirate movie directed by Peter Medek. And I learned about this movie by going to Tubi and watching a documentary about this movie 
that came out a couple years ago from the actual director. This is one of the few times where a disastrous bad movie documentary, about, a documentary <laughs> about a bad movie, is actually directed by the director of the bad movie. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Very weird. So we're basically going to be watching. I'm going to. We'll be watching Ghost in the Three Day Sun from 1974. I found the trailer. Um, Bertha Dockhouse has it. So okay, do you want to watch it? Okay, that's fine. No, no. Actually, I take that back. That's for. Uh, there's no trailer for Ghost. There's trailers for the documentary, The Ghost of Peter Sellers. Let's not, not watch it. Let's nah, watch the real like, movie. We'll watch the real movie next week. It is a pirate movie starring Peter Sellers. It's notorious. It was never theatrically released. It was on video in the 90s. That's how. Well, and now, of course, I'm not, not going to watch this film on purpose. I'm not even watching it. I will be the audience. Fair enough. Sounds great, Carl. That's what I did for my, that kid brother. I will watch the documentary. I, again, I'll watch the movie. I'll get some more research, and we'll, we'll watch this film. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, it is ripe. And speaking of ripe, they keep listening to we are uh, in need public domain movies that came out, as well as the Razzie nominations are going to be announced shortly, and we will be doing a special Razzie episode where we go through all the nominations for Worst Picture, Worst Director, and we're gonna we'll watch every single film and we'll talk about it and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll give our votes as Razzie. We're gonna spend money streaming this bullshit. I am a Redbox member now. Raz Academy member. Yeah, are you a Raz Academy member? Me too. So as Raz Academy members, voting. we're voting. We're gonna watch every single stupid. We're paying money, every awful movie, and we'll let you know. So that's coming in the next couple of weeks. But next week, it's Peter Sellers, Spike Milligan, The Ghost of Noonday Sun, nineteen seventy four. Ugly Sundays is coming up next on Mutiny Radio. So don't touch your dial, uh, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And that's it, Carl. Anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Go to carlsucks.com. Great, carlsucks.com. We are out of here. See you guys later. We love you all. Thanks for everything. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike.
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Looking forward to today's movie. And, uh, it's a real, uh, you know, and it's a new year. Welcome to the new year once again. Once again. I, I believe this is our second show this month. Yes. Yes. Great. Fingers crossed. You are listening to us on MutinyRadio.fm. Full day of entertainment. Uh, found round sound. Moscato is at noon, standard time. Ugly Sundays. After us. After us. That uh, they usually go like four hours or something. All so right. check out Muni Radio. You can go to MuniRadio.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast. To just search for the acronym L W A F L M O I T. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did I just say that? What 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 is the name of the YouTube channel? Let's L watch L W A F L M O I T. Oh, you know yeah. sign language too, like me? Yeah. Well, well someone asked me what my podcast was, and I went. Oh. Ah. Punched me in the face. Uh. Anyway, so we are excited. Carl is excited. We are watching a really exciting movie. The movie that I read about. YouTube. I'm really excited to see this one. We want you to go to YouTube. We want you to find this movie. We want you to listen to us and watch the movie at the same time. If that's too much work, just subscribe to the podcast. Carl takes care of it after our production. The YouTube channel. The YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. The podcast. And it is the same thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've done the hard work. Yeah. You actually listen to our podcast. This is uh, hard work in itself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Believe me. Mutiny Radio is, uh, you can go ahead and donate to Mutiny Radio at Radio Venmo. Got it, Ben. Oh. They are on Discord. Carl, I would love for us to hang out on a Sunday afternoon and uh-huh. listen to our show and just take questions from Discord. And that would be interesting. Yeah. We, we, we listen to our show in real time and we stay, do we show a video of ourselves? No, we just chat. Whoa. I guess we could just chat or I don't know how what a Discord is, but. Mutiny Radio has one, and L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T has its own Discord right. away from Mommy and Daddy uh, uh, Mutiny, Mutiny Radio. Radio. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you can check us out there. You can we, check us is out. Is that the one we'll be on, or will we be on Mutiny? Maybe we could tell Mutiny, because I don't think Mutiny is kind of barren, so if we spend two hours on it, it's going to be oh. there forever. Yeah, maybe we could do it. Maybe we could say, hey, check us out on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T Discord of the Muni Radio Discord. All uh, right. Well, we'll. Uh, what do you? Which one do you want to do? You want to do Mutiny because there's. The, well, we could say, hey, we're at Mutiny. I, I had executive decision. That's I say Mutiny. we do, we do it the first time on Mutiny. Yeah. Clog up their Discord channel and stuff. Okay. And then yeah, yeah. Keep us start pristine. Anyway, Carl, I'm really excited. What is the movie we are watching this week? Today we will watch Dead End, nineteen thirty-seven. Dead End, nineteen thirty-seven. That's what you put in your YouTube search engine. I don't need to tell you how to spell Dead or End or nineteen thirty-seven. But the channel we like is The Immortal Sun. I was just telling Carl like these names on YouTube. They're getting a little cocky. Yeah, I think well, we're reaching. If the prime son age. is immortal, does that mean that the father will not no. was not immortal and the yeah. Son's kid will not be immortal. Yeah. 
So his and then kid right. Yeah, his kid is probably like a million years old right now. Yeah. What that if you were immortal crazy. now? That would suck. You would miss decades and centuries of like enjoyable life. Oh yeah, we missed all the good stuff. Yeah, I'm immortal stuff. now. What? Right before the apocalypse? Fuck. That's why, like, as long as you can be immortal, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's too late. Too late. Derp, uh, 1600s. Okay, well. Imagine how boring it's going to be when the, like, world destroys itself, like, on the day of exchange. You're still around. Why oh, what a bummer. This? You should finally catch up on your TV shows. <laughs> if there's TV. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. Oh, what a horrible thought. Okay, so we want you to go type in Dead End, 1937. Find yeah. The Immortal Sun is hosting the movie. Click the link. Hit pause. Move your timer to 000. We're really excited. Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian. That's yeah. so many comedians can tell a little bit about his or her life. Their life, And then uh, they're going to do the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, you're going to hit the button. Give you a couple of minutes. Find the movie. Get yourself ready. Meet a new person. Carl, take it away. <laughs> Damn, I, we're having technical difficulties. If you're in desperate, don't bogart the Humphreys, you douche. <laughs> Wait, we're seconds away from that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Alex Rubard. Hello. Hey, I'm Alex. How are you guys? Thanks for having me, Carl. So we see each other out there on the comedy scene, some open mics, some shows and stuff, but I'm wondering if you're a relocated Philly comic. I am in, in one way or the other, depends how you're asking. I did live in Philadelphia for almost seven years uh-huh. before moving to Jersey City, New Jersey, which is where I live now, where we're at the epicenter of where we're running into each other. Yes. The epicenter of the tri-state area, Jersey City. Everybody Certainly. knows that. Uh, you know, Newark thinks they're above all, but New York City is very much down the field, I think. So it's Jersey City, Newark, Philly, Long Island, New York. That's how I see things. <laughs> but, That's a unique perspective. Well, I'm a unique guy. I see the world through rose-colored glasses out here. <laughs> Town I live in is the coolest. Yeah, yeah I do. City. But I do love it. Yeah, I mean, I loved Philly, too. I lived in Philly for almost seven years. It was phenomenal. What a town. You're definitely a for real ass comedian who is in the clubs. I mean, you're a regular on the circuit of what? Helium, uh, Punchline, Wisecracker. So you're out there. And one of the things I wanted to highlight about your career is an extremely successful show. It has toured the country. And this is Weeding Out the Stoned. It's like a game show. It's like yeah. one person who's not stoned. I'm seeing here Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, San Francisco, where we're broadcasting out of L.A., Buffalo. Tell me about uh, Weeding Out the Stoned. How did it happen? What's it all about? Where are we going to be next? Uh, Weeding Out the Stoned is the game show of sobriety tests. Like you said, it's a pack of comics. They're all high but one. We play a series of sobriety test games, and after each game, the audience eliminates somebody they think is high to try and leave the sober person left. And uh-huh. everybody wins prize. So, yeah, it is a game show. I mean, at the time, living in Philly, there were a lot of um, – I started the show in 2015. But I had started other game shows like the year before. I did the first one in Berkeley. It squares obscenity through censorship. I did another show called Electile Dysfunction that was an entire political season inside of 90 minutes. So it was like 
you know, you, an- you announce your candidacy over the internet, you make a campaign video, the show happens, we air the campaign video, they come out, they make a speech, they're throwing their hat in the ring, and, uh-huh. you know, we do a debate, we do questions, and they go out, and we do a vote, and they come out and do concession speeches and victory speech. It was, uh, like, uh, not, it would, both of those shows were fun. They would start to get a little press, like local press. Um, but then we did Weeding Out the Stone, and it was like, oh, this is an instant this was yeah, we were right. instantly selling out. Um, how that all those kinds of shows happened. So a lot of people were doing gimmicky shows like high concept, quote unquote, talk shows, game shows, variety shows. Right. And the two people like um, Kate Bamford and Aaron Evans, they uh, decided to throw a festival. Like I said, they start, they just happened, and so they threw a festival called Five Dollar Comedy Week, and it was thirty brand new shows. Every show is five dollars. Four shows a night, so you know I did like these things are happening around that time. The third five dollar comedy week is when I pitched weeding out the stone. Because truth is, I also realized as the guy who had lived in New York as a you know twenty two year old, I'm like these festivals don't just fall out of the sky like this with like a really cool fun thing. You can make they give you a percentage of the door in this town I live in. I don't have to travel, and it costs nothing to submit. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to submit all the time. And not and really, I mean, I'm not kidding. I just was in the bathroom. Every time I was in the bathroom, I'm just rattling off show <laughs> ideas to them, just firing them off on my phone. I'm just like, ratelifeprofessor.com, the show, you know, the Tumblr show, the Twitter show, whatever. And so, like, I mean, a million little ideas. Um, and it was super fun. I thought it was so fun to, like, think of them, you know, world's strongest magician, you know, just whatever. Yeah. Throw something at the wall. Because they even did things like, that were, like, bit show, where it would be, like, a series of shorter shows. Okay. Like, a 10-minute show, then a 9-minute show, then an 8-minute show. And so sometimes, like, I would one time just submitted, like, the Philadelphia Eagles. It was just, like, guys in uh, Eagles jerseys playing Eagle, Eagles songs. Okay. And, wow, you know, that's interesting. Exactly. So it's, like, a lot of bits. I did a bit uh, that I actually turned into a Weeding Out the Stone game. It was a, a bit show. It was, like, a three-minute show. It was called Helium Comedy Club. Helium was the big club in Philly, you know. But it was just uh, comics take some helium. They just like you know, <laughs> stuck in helium and then tell a joke. Helium comedy club. <laughs> so it was like, and there were tons of shows like that. There was, so the bit show was always like, it doesn't even have to be a real show. You don't have to do it for an hour. You can do the thing on this other thing for two minutes. And yeah. Just like that. It's a bit part of the weeding out the joke. stone. And then it becomes, a, and then I got, you know, thinking things like that. I got better at thinking of games and writing a run of show and writing, writing a question putting all these things out so you can actually book venues. And, you know, I think having your own show, even I think of it like having my own TV show, even though it's mm-hmm. obviously not a TV show. It's not for nothing. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to put a huge production on it, essentially a big production that's being filmed for nothing. But, yeah. you know, yeah. you figure it out, DIY or die, <laughs> you know. It's because um, you love it. I love it. I mean, I love the game show thing. I think it was super fun. At the time, around all this time going on, I definitely had this thought in my head of, like, what is the – since the internet is getting bigger and streaming platforms, and et cetera, this is seven, eight years ago I'm talking about. I was like, well, what's a show that just because of what it is, it can't air on television and it has to air on the internet? So I was like, yeah. a show about curse words, you uh-huh. know? And then I kind of got to, yeah, a show about marijuana, you know, it's about cannabis and that kind of stuff. Like I said, it was an instant hit. 
and I had already been doing game shows like once a month, like all year. So then I insert weeding out the stone into this okay. monthly slot at this venue. Only got bigger then bigger, you know. It was it was a, so yeah, that's weeding and weeding still going. Oh, yeah. I've got a show December third in New York City and on tour again next April and all that kind of stuff. April yeah. seems to be the month for it, right? April, April is, is the, the weeding out the stone month. It has been. You like it's kind of one of those like I can't do enough shows in April and then like May is like fine. By the summer, honestly like college kids are like home and it's a little like it's not our season. Yeah. But then back in the fall it's pretty good. Um but April it's just it's just April. <laughs> it's like uh it's ridiculous. Now, you mentioned Helium. It's a huge club, but it's also where you recorded your comedy special. They invited you to do it. Let me yeah. teach you how to distill gin. What a weird title. Let me <laughs> teach you how to distill gin. Was, is that a bit of yours, or how did that become yeah. the title of it? Yeah, that's a joke of mine, and I thought it would be. I, I was, you know, talking to another comic and, like, throwing ideas for the title at him, and, I, you know, it's a buddy of mine i was like the only one he liked <laughs> out of the title Perfect. i think i was probably trying to be a little too uh oh i kind of almost wish i written wish i titled it just in <laughs> or something yeah. Or, yeah or whatever i don't know because it is long but it's Let me yeah teach you how to distill gin now it's it's Who regularly cares? played on sirius xm what yeah. what what are the what channel is it on uh so, one of the comedy again channels? yeah i'm gonna have to look there's like five of them. There's Comedy USA, and I have some tracks that are explicit and some that aren't. So uh -huh. it's like the way that that works, from my understanding, is like there's Raw Dog, there's Comedy yes. USA. Raw Dog does, they will play dirty stuff. Comedy USA doesn't. There's a couple of others, I think, besides um, that play comedy regularly. And they do things like seasonally sometimes. So like I have some college stuff that I think gets played around the college like going back to college stuff mm -hmm. i went back to college you know you uh, i've got a lot of material on that and that stuff is pretty clean so like i've got you know it's like a third of my track is kind of explicit and the rest is pretty clean okay now alex grubard g-u-g-r-u-b-a-r-d g-r-u-b-a-r-d alexgrubard.com you can follow me on twitter instagram at alex grubard i'm alex grubard on everything uh yeah i've got you know that kind of stuff but if you just go to alexgrubard.com or find me on instagram you'll probably find everything pretty easily for just straight yeah. up me and then there's weeding out the stone.com and there's a weeding out the stone account for like also everything you can follow me or weeding out the stone on bands in town even and find uh -huh. out when i've got shows for either one um there's you know i've got out there with yeah pretty straightforward but if there's one info. place is it alexgrubard.com? Uh, alexgrubard.com, I'd say. Okay. You'll yeah. find everything else there. Yeah, all my social media are like there. Okay, now, Alex Grubard. Everyone at home is poised to press play at the exact same time we do here in the studio. We're all going to watch this YouTube movie together. So why don't you go ahead, Alex Grubard, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, all right, here we go. All right, thanks for having me. Guys, get ready. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for the Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Thank you, Samuel Goodwin, for presenting. 
this film. Now, this isn't Goldware, Goldwyn Mayer era. This is before the murder. This is before Mayer. Samuel Golden was completely active on this film. Samuel Golden Miner. Well, you know, there's a Samuel Golden production movie house. Like, there's a, a, movie, a, a production company called Samuel Golden Miner. You see how Humphrey Bogart was listed first? Yeah. Yeah, that means we're watching not the first release. When the first release came out, uh, Claire, I forget her name, she's not in front of me right now, she was, she had top billing. And it was not cool. So they fixed it in later releases. What, he became like a superstar two seconds later and they're like, no, oh shit. I mean, yeah, he's already been a superstar. Uh, he, had done a, he had done another film not right in front of me right now, but he had done another film in which he was a gangster. So they just said, hey, he'd be good for this. And he just got it because it was, you know, he had already had some success. Okay, here's our Every setup. New York ends in the river for many years. The dirty banks of the East River was lined with the tenements of the poor. Then the Ritz, discovering the river traffic was picturesque, moved into the houses eastward. I said it right, picturesque. Now the terraces of these great apartment houses look down in the windows of the tenement poor. That's not a very good job of gentrification if you just look down on the tenement poor. Maybe that's what you want. Like you look down, you literally look down on the poor. Well, you'll see in this film, they literally look down on the poor. And what we're seeing right now is an extremely elaborate movie set. Interesting. They built those flannels? Yeah, they were going to they were going to do this, of course, on location in Manhattan. You see, this started as a play, so okay. you know. But what we're looking at right now is really that's a painting in the background. It oh. really is a a big lot. Now this lot would get uh, they would throw uh, garbage. You see how clean it looks right now? Yes, yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, Mayor would walk around. Goldwyn Mayor would walk. Oh, look at them. There's the fancy Sam. pants. Good old Sam. Yeah, he would say, like, clean up this set. And the director's like, it's a slum. So every night he would go and clean it up himself, personally. Here's the set to opening. This guy is sleeping on the wrong side of the dock. <laughs> Not the tracks, the dock. Yeah, like, it's a, you can tell this is a miniature because there's a vinyl train behind him. It's a uh, big building. Richie Rich apartment building. The front of him, where he's walking, is like a tenement building. Wait, didn't Richie Rich have a friend who was like his little poor friend? I I read I a remember. lot of Richie Rich, but I don't remember that. All I remember is Jackie Joker. Is that a problem? <laughs> he, had, he had a comedian friend. Poorie poor. Poorie poor. <laughs> the poor little poor boy. Okay, so now we're gonna get a little slice of life in the poor people tenement thing. Uh, this this is oh hey watch it I'm throwing I'm going through garbage here. There's Oscar. Now he's gonna pretend that a bug gets on him, and oh, we'll wow. see the, really see real live bugs here. Oh, there's the rich contrast. Oh, that's their aquarium. <gasps> I no, think it's a bird. It's a bird. Yeah. Get it, Carl? It's a they're in a prison. And look how they literally the look down on the tenement. Yeah. Now that's a bad balcony as an example because it's so low to the ground, but they'll get into a scuffle with the rich boy there. Now Big. who will? Who will? The dead end game! 
that one of the reasons why I was really excited to see this movie is because the Dead End Gang made about I don't know 150 million movies. Uh, and they made, yeah, 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was like 60. And 60 it's, movies, it's, 20 years. Yeah, well, I remember there was like a fake one, and then one that would have one of the originals. Like, there's a couple of people in this yeah, movie. It, it broke off. There were three groups. There were the Dead End. There were four. There was the Dead End Kids. We're seeing them right now. We'll see right. them in eight movies. The Little Tough Guys, the East Side Kids, and the Bowery Boys. So they went Bowery to different Boys. stages. Now, this guy right here, the little yes. jughead, he's like in every single one, right? Like yeah, he's, he's a the lot glue. Well, Spit is the glue, and to his left there is Dippy. He's glue, too. If you don't have those two, one of those two, you might as well not make a Bowery Boys movie. What, I, what fascinates me about the Bowery Boys is that it's just like funny, broad slapstick. You know, it's, it's 50 minutes of your comedy pals fucking around. Right. But it was based on this really serious play. That we're watching right now. Yeah. yeah. This is the first one. Uh-oh. That's just uh, a new kid who moves in. This kid here is TJ. He's one of the coolest. I want you to meet my kid, Samuel That's Goodwin Jr. Treat him right. That's Milty. Um, All right. Spit it, okay, sitting down, hanging in the middle of, you know, he's getting his pointed at right now. Yeah. That's Dippy. Um, and then, now he didn't play Spit in the Broadway play, but, okay, I'll just tell you, Spit's name is Leo Gorsi. And he's one of the faces you see all the time. And all the other the one time. was Hunt Howe. Hunt Howe. Hunt was Howe, Dippy. that's right. He was the big one, too. Like, that yes. guy, like, if he wasn't in it, it's no point. Right. You needed to have one of those two. Yeah, yeah. one's a familiar face, but less Carl, I, uh, I was listening to the commentary track on Surf 2, The Vinegar Syndrome, and okay, one of the people who wrote the uh, the punk rock movie guide yeah. was saying that they liked the, the surfers because they reminded them of the Bowery Boys. And I was like, that's kind of the sentiment I was trying to express. Like, they look like kids like I would want to look like, you know, like of a cool kid. Right. Yeah. Cool and poor. Well, even like... Uh, Little girl got her hat sideways. She came up with that. Now, you know the kid in Charlie Chan? The little kid? Yeah. Is he it will the... appear in this. Now, don't think he's the one sitting in the... Okay, here's Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Yeah, and you, what we're seeing is he's just a regular kid. He doesn't want to drink this crappy milky. Wow. Wow. And she's like, speaking French, Junior! like a teacher more than a mom doesn't she have to like help the rebel fight Darth Vader nope because of her hair their hair okay now we are meeting one of our main characters he is um well in the thing she's Drina Gordon this is Sylvia Sidney and you might know her from Beetlejuice if you look at her face she was top-filled until Bogart got all pissy. So, oh, really? Is that no, right? I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't think so. No, she she had a great long career. I'm just saying in our Who world. Was she, so was she a dead person? Was she the grandparent? Yeah, in the afterlife, she was like um, a caseworker explaining, okay. okay, you two are dead. Remember she had that gravelly voice? That was from all the smoking. Yeah. Like, you know, she has a beautiful, pretty voice. 
Uh, she had dozens of leading roles in the 30s. Um, and then less so as the years went on, but then she would, um, she would end, she was in the pilot of WKRP in Cincinnati, she was on Fantasy Island, she was in Mars Attacks, you remember the woman who was like, they killed Congress, <laughs> that's her. Oh, very nice, uh, Tim Burton likes her. Here yeah, we go, a little alleyway talk. Probably remember when we would hang out in the fire extinguishers and yell at each other across the Hey, Carl, how's it going? And our neighbors were like, will you guys shut up? Use the phone. <laughs> we'll get a lot of that in this film. We won't get the shut up part. We'll get the nice, we're all connected as a team. Now look, that's rival girlfriend. Old girlfriend. They're talking about Dave. Dave missed you last night. I came in late, I did. I tell you, I came in very, very late, I did. And she's looking at rival girlfriend. Well, she went out with that rich woman. Oh. Hey, hey, what do you say? It's your turn for buggy pushing. Buggy pushing all afternoon. I tell you, Mike, I tell you, Mike, you gotta let him hear the voice. You gotta let him hear the voice every now and again, you see? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, absolutely. Who's that new kid over there? Oh. Yeah. I loved you at Brick. You were great at Third Rock for the Sun. Joseph, love it. You got it all wrong in Newsies, you see? Yeah. Make it louder for the audience. Make it louder. All right, all right. Video like, oh, problem. If you want to be in the gang, you got to yeah. give us a quarter. It's like, all I have is three cents. Yeah. 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 You want to blow this gang? You got to have a quarter. You got to have a quarter, you could steal it. Goes forget it. You guys agree. Go on with you. Hey, you know how much three cents is worth? Three cents in 1937 is worth in 1937. Oh, they did the old leapfrog trick. Yeah. Always have an audience. Look, he's throwing garbage on you. Now, who's watching? The evil Who's developer? It? It's Humphrey Bogart. Was that little guy? That little shrimp there? Hey, it's great. I'm back in the... Oh, is he back in the neighborhood? Yeah. Like, get off. Get off. She's the good one. Defend it. Now, that's her little brother. You think it's funny? You think it's funny? Lady, you're scaring me to death. Is he Italian? Yeah, spit. Come on, yeah, spit. come on, give it back to him, spit. Spit it up, spit. Now, do you see the physical? I mean, it was a different time. You don't just go around being in people's face, pushing them, smacking. Not just because it was a movie. You think, well, I mean, like, they're hotheads. They're teenage hotheads. Yeah. I'm saying it's much different than... No, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bugs would be... I don't know. You know, it's strange. We've watched movies like uh, uh, Street People. That took place in present day. Yes. And if you remember, there was a guy sitting on the pier in Sausalito or what have you. And uh, Roger Moore comes up from behind and grabs the gun he happened to have lying on the pier. Yeah. One of two guns. And it's one of those moments where you're like, 
do we really carry guns like that in the 70s? Or just in the movies, you know? Yeah, I, I right, see that with right, the violence, right. too. Like, Now, this is Dave. And Dave, we've seen a lot on LWAFLMOYT. He was in the most dangerous game. Oh, really? He was the hero. And he, we just saw in Come and Get It last episode. That's right. Yeah, well, that, I remember him from He was game. the son. Uh, yeah, who yeah. fell in love with Francis Farmer. That's right. Come and get it. Come and get it. All they're oh. saying here is, like, why didn't you come out and meet this rich girl? I want you to meet her. You know, I was telling her all about when we were kids. Now, it's not implied, really, that she's the girlfriend. Uh, but, you know, heading that way. Right now, we're just learning about how poor she is, how she's in this union, how they're picking. Oh, there's rich girl. Ooh, and she just blew a kiss. Yeah, Rich Girl is not interesting in real life. Um, her name's Wendy Berry. Hey, Burton, she's playing Rich Girl. And she was a British uh, film actress. She's in American things, but she was mostly British. And She's been Other moving into American neighborhoods, gentrifying, kicking it out the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, we got the pier. We could go swimming. Yeah, now... They go into the Hudson River. Uh, are we on? Oh, I think we're on the East Coast. We're this is Manhattan. I mean, it's not really. Yeah, but we're definitely in a real place in Manhattan. Uh, I'll come back to where we are. I think it's the East River. He is talking now. This is Babyface, not Babyface Nelson, right? right. It's Babyface Martin, and you know they did it because of Babyface. Also, Humphrey Bogart. I mean, he's a classic gangster. Looks yeah. insanely young too. Well, let me I see if I can get his voice going because I can't believe it's him. He's such a strange act, strange actor. You know, like he, he doesn't look like he connects to people at all. I know, and it's I don't know. It was people and he like died young too. He went yeah. away. Um, he was like fifty. I'll look it up here. He does the Vince Vaughn mumble. He does like the kind of Mae West mumble, the WC. Like his cadence is off for movies. He has just done this other gangster movie. And that's why they picked him. Now, the Maltese Falcon hasn't come yet. That's going to oh, make That's the big one. Yeah. Oh, and, and was it Casablanca the same year? Um, 39, actually. No, I doubt it. No, I don't think so. Oh, 41. High Sierra was 45. 41. The Maltese Falcon was 41. And Okay. They, you know, he became a superstar from that. Um, 46. Where is... It's probably 45. They probably rushed it out at the end of the war. Right. I don't remember. Who knows? But it was definitely not now because he wasn't that big actor yet. I guess I didn't write it down because I figure he... Everybody knows him, you know? Yeah. Okay, so what he's got, we're learning here is Babyface was out west doing his crimes, and he, he had plastic surgery, and he's decided to come back here one more time before he's going off uh, to back to the west to see his mom and to see his old girlfriend. 
That is the stud, by the way. The guy who just faded away. Yeah. Meeting Dave, who was like a childhood friend, but not really a friend, just an acquaintance, one of the neighborhood kids. Why don't you give a listen to Slick Hot? Okay, let me see if I have where I placed it. <laughs> Promote. No, no, God bless Humphrey Bogart, but if this was a true Bowery Boys movie, there'd be no other adults talking for more than 20 seconds. But no, it would all be pranks on uh, rival gangs. Yeah. Who are you pushing? A landlord. You You know know how many times someone got pushed in these movies? (laughs) Bowery Boys plots would be like, my mother got ripped off. Who did it? Let's find out. I bet you it's Charlie Parker. Let's check. You know, and then they would go get the stuff back. And at the end of the film, see, all 12 minutes, well, they're stacked. Yeah. Oh. I would have loved to have been in a movie house where they had like a 15 minute like movie. Like you would go and you would see Tender as the Night with, you know, everybody shit. I heard that how on. Yeah. You would see the movie theater, but they always did that. And I was just probably like four or five years old. They would show the main feature, but then they would have this like featurette thing, or like a night, uh, like an I don't know, forty minutes, forty-five minutes, and then it would be a cartoon. Right. Where to young, uh, young Trivad? I guess they so. they did revivals. You know, they would do like, hey, we're doing, we're yeah. bringing back. We'll have serials and we'll have cartoons. They still offer like I know the retro houses around here. They have Saturday morning uh, cartoons. Uh, you know, for the kids, you cool. the shows. Hey, they used to have little events too. There was some good film with, uh, you know, Roseanne's husband. Oh, Tom uh, Arnold? Not personally. No, not Tom Arnold in in the Connors. Uh, oh, Dan. Oh, uh, John Goodman? No, not okay, personally yeah. either. John Goodman was in some movie in which he was like took on a movie house and you know started. Oh, matinee, matinee. Popcorn, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good trip back. Okay, now they're gonna bother the rich kid. Let's let's listen. Okay. Doity. He said doity. I know I said dirty. No, I didn't say doity. I said you're dirty. I have an instructor up here, and I have English lessons every day. It is dirty. Shut your doity mouth. Don't make me speak French. Now he says, My uncle is a judge. That's important later. Father is the brother of a judge. We'll talk about it later. Is that hopefully it's. Judge Dredd, my fingers are crossed. <laughs> no, that's, that's no bad. shit. <laughs> the Judge Dredd, um, the British cartoon has been around for decades. Alone, yeah, so they did. They did a nineties version. Sidekick, yeah. Again, that's Hal Hunt's Hal. Uh, he, of course, this guy right here. Yeah, this is Dippy. 
and he's Different. one of the ones you gotta have if you're gonna have a movie. You know, I was reading there's like one episode, one movie they did where one of the main guys was visibly drunk on on screen. Oh well, that's no surprise. You see, Gold um, Goldwyn bought the rights to this. He loved these guys, and he flew them out to be in the movie. And he immediately regretted it because they would fuck around in the studio. <laughs> Like, running up and down the halls, knocking things over. Ah, it's funny. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, the boys ran wild through the studio, destroying property, crashing a truck through the wall of the studio. <laughs> Afterwards, Goldwyn decided not to employ the boys again and sold their contracts to Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, because they did six movies as the Dead Kids. They had this stony little film, yeah. and then they were... They weren't like individuals. They were listed, you know, the actors would be like, they'll be listed, the Dead Ed Kids. Right. They're not even a musical number. <laughs> not even a musical number. This one is Tommy. Okay, well, he's a stand-up comedian. Okay, no so Hudson Hawk. Rich girl talks to poor potential boyfriend. Hello oh, there. I didn't smell your perfume when you came in. <laughs> so this was a play that ran for three weeks and almost 700 performances. Wow. And this gold Samuel Goldwyn bought it for 165000 which was so much. It was about $3 million, according to the Internet today. It was a huge success on Broadway. That's they, 20th Century Fox wanted it, RKO wanted it, and Samuel Goldwyn gave him the money. And he, you know, they wanted to put it out there, but he was dead set against it. He wanted a controlled environment. and It was a genuine New York. It was a a play about the experience of New York City. Yes. And Hollywood shot it in Hollywood. Right, exactly. Um, William Wyler, he's our director, wanted to do this. This director did Ben-Hur. This director did Funny Girl. Yeah, he's Wyler. He's Wyler. William Wyler wanted to do it in New York, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the most convincing and elaborate sets in film history. That's an opinion, sounds like. Yeah, sure. No one's seen Super Mario Brothers. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> when producer Samuel Goldwyn visited the huge set constructed for the film, very detailed depiction of the New York slum, he shouted, Why do directors want these slums to be so dirty? Clean it up! He was eventually persuaded by the director that very few people live in a clean slum and it would hurt the picture's credibility uh, if it was a nice place to live. So William Wyler directed the property man to litter the set with real garbage and remove the appropriate slum atmosphere. The disturbed and fastidious Samuel Goldman, who would pick up the garbage after shooting, would stop for the day. Damn it, Sam! Now we gotta pick up the garbage. Okay. The stage directions of the play indicate that Rockefeller sent his centerpieces to a distance that's around 50th years of Manhattan. Now, that sounds like the west side to me, but right. it was the corner of East 53rd Street and the East River. So it is the East River. And today, it, Sutton Place South runs north of 53rd Street. Uh, no, today, it's like exit 11 of FDR Drive. I was going to say, Carl, you 
uh, being a native New Yorker. Yeah. A proud uh, native New Yorker who and rubs it in your you, you rub that fact in every Jersey boy's face, right? <laughs> oh, excuse me. I was born in, in New York. Yeah. In Manhattan, I think. Manhattan, yeah. Not Brooklyn. No, the truth is I was born in Washington, D.C., and I've been a Jersey boy since I was born. But yes, I grew up on the mean streets of New York. That's why I'm a project manager. I was grew up in the projects. That's yeah, that's right. They do, and you uh, had software. You so where's the Bowery and where's here right now? Uh oh, in real life, yeah, the Bowery same. is way down here. You remember CBGB? Sure, so I that's I went there. The Bowery. So what you would do is go down Fifth Avenue. Actually, now Washington Square is in your way. Uh, I guess you would go down like um, Tenth uh, Avenue. And I don't know. The Bowery's kind of over on the east side, but downtown it gets tight. So no, this is the east side. He's just saying conservative. Yeah. Oh, there's the kid. He might be the kid. Or is hey, it a little rascal? Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't write it down. I think he might be a little rascal. Look See at this. Has like an even smaller crew. Right. Yeah, These are right. like tiny tots. That's right. Hey. They're like a tiny gang, and they're going to get kicked out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, Go yeah, find yeah. your own newspaper route. Right. Hey, I worked Doity. I said you were working dirty. It says um, 353rd Street Gang only. The brick. Oh, right. And those tiny tots were like not part of the gang. Look at how Skit is smoking a cigarette and it's no big deal. Well, I mean, I'm transfixed every time Humphrey has a cigarette. Like he does that thing where he. Slides it out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, right. It just stays there. And He's with that head. fucking hat filtered like that, it's like every right. Bugs Bunny cartoon. He's got this filtered. Now they're going to embarrass wanna... a lady. I wanted to order the rabbit. Yes, yes, right away, Mr. Humphrey Bogart. He does smoke a cigarette to the school, and it's the way he pulls it out of his mouth, like you said, and it like sticks. Yeah, it sticks. And his lips are so thin, it's like. That's almost like he's doing a push-up. I love black and white movies. I love the tone, like the, you know, everything's kind of like this is this movie's kind of put together with all these sets. Yep. Maybe like Popeye. Do you remember that uh, Robin Williams movie? Wonderful set design. That's the right word. It had that weird like set design. Like they took over an entire island and built like this like Popeye village. Oh, sweet haven. God must love us. I remember. That was from there? I gotta watch rewatch that movie. You're my father. Got the same squint in the eye. <laughs> All I remember is like Brutus was like a son of a bitch. He was like punching everybody. He was yeah, just like, always, he wouldn't even talk. He just yeah. I saw that I saw that in New Jersey. Uh and uh there was a promo for Heaven's Gate. Oh. Yeah, in nineteen and Under the Rainbow. It was a classic year back then. Wizard of Oz experience, I think. It was on YouTube for a hot second. That would have been a good one. Yeah. So let me tell you that. about Spit, right? In real yeah. life. Uh, of course, he's born in New York City in 1917. Uh, Russian Jewish immigrants, vaudeville parents. Um, he was short, 4'11. 4'11. No, 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 no. The father was 4'10, the mother was 4'11. And Bid here is five foot six, which is my height. Um, 
So anyway, the earlier films presented Gorsi, that's his name, Leo Gorsi, as this. The 40s, the dramatic films shifted into redneck, roughneck comedies. We already talked about this. Roughneck comedies. That's now, a nice way of putting it. Now, <laughs> his big thing was called a malaparism. He would say a stupid, he would say the word wrong. Right. Well, that's go, what you, you accuse me of those malaparisms yourself. Well, you just mump. Okay. But he yeah. would on say something like, ah, it's a clever seduction. That does not tire. Like, can you imagine me writing in like a Greek script for the Bowery Boys? All right, uh, call this a glass of winter and call it a day. Well, like if you would say, I reiterate, he would go, I, I regurgitate. You, you called me, you mentioned this on the show, Carl. You always call me out on the Daughter Public Access show 30 years ago, Fish yeah. Burgers, where you were an alien and I had offered you a bed, a yeah, place to stay, and it was warm. the bathtub. And I don't finish my sentence, and you kept that in. Yeah, no, it was Dave Kennedy. He brought, Dave him, Kennedy. To the, he brought him to the bathtub. I got you a nice, here, it's a warm. You meant to say like a warm, comfy bed or something, but you yeah. stopped talking. I had to leave that in. I didn't have another cup. I remember it was a, we had a ta- uh, blanket in the bathtub for it. Yeah, it's a warm. I refuse to be mistaken again. Look, between Bogart and Dave, they keep having the, like, you know, I'm, you know, I know you killed five men. You better keep your mouth shut. I can trust you. It's like, snaps at him. You better keep your mouth shut. You know, like, okay, he just found out that rich girl's going into the tenement. So he's like, oh, shit. Now, he sees some cockroaches, and it, I don't know, the director just didn't like it. So he got real roaches that she would really be grossed out. Oh, cool. This guy was meticulous. He could make you do it again and again and again. Like, no, you're disgusted. We have to see you've rejected this life. I will, director, I will do it Billy Wilder. Director Billy Wilder, I will do it. It's not Billy Wilder. Okay, now, here comes comes the garbage can. Now, watch her face when she sees the real roaches. There's real roaches. That's the one you kept. That won an Oscar. Did the, did the cockroach win an Oscar? Best cockroach? Actually, a woman did win an Oscar in this. Only on the screen for one scene. Kind of okay. not fair. They just okay, gave him out. Dave saw her disgusted. Dave's making the decision, we can't be together. We're from different worlds. It's just not going to work out. Now, this uh, Gorski would go, he would drink a lot, um, would abuse alcohol, and he series was immediately successful. Gorski starred in four Bowery Boys films that year. His father died as a result of an automobile accident. Devastated, he began be abusing alcohol, lost wow. a lot of weight, crashed a film set in an intoxicated rage. Studio refused to grant him a pay raise. He demanded, so he parted ways with the Bowery Boys and was replaced by Stanley Clements in 79. The brother, Gorski's brother, David, stayed in the film. I do remember that. Yeah, like that was the longest running uh, Bowery Boy. Look at his jug head. Well, and then the Prince Valiant haircut. 
that. This guy's got like the, not a Jufro, it's like a Brainiac. Oh, that's right. He's got a it Brainiac. A, he's probably Jewish. Now, Gorski was also in Mad, Mad, Mad World. Right. With, uh, Hans Hall and a bunch of low-budget films. I'm trying uh, to think if I could replace him as a That movie was a hit with my kid. We watched 30 minutes of it. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a good, good run. Yeah, that's a good run. Okay, now, this is pretty bad and political. They're going to fuck this thing really up. Be sure yeah. the pool instructor is like right inside, indoors. Pool instructor is right inside. No, he, the guy's going, the garage is shut down, so they have to go and get the car and bring it down here. That's who's waiting for the driver. Oh, COVID, COVID. No, no. I've got tuberculosis. Now, check this out. We can't come. It's only for the gang. Only for the gang. I don't even care. Fuck off. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Oh, let him in, fellas. Come on, put it up. Put it up. Come on now. Come on. All right. Make it right. right. Now the kid wants to come. Come on. I don't know. All right. Wait, wait. I'm coming. Oh. Right. Now he. Finally get a friend. Look at that running. I know where I could get a switch. Yeah. Uh oh, I think it roll out a barrel. Now look, Bogart sees his mom. My own mama. Oh no, is he gonna be a gangster with a mama complex? Wants to say hello to his mom. He hasn't seen him since he's out of reform school. But the oh, mom is—I mean, it's the worst acting I've ever. Do you have the sound still up? Because the acting is horrible. Check it right, out. I, I still have it up. Maybe face. Yes. What? Cancer ladies. That's right. Uh, maybe not. Maybe remember the tramp that used to have his. Uh, he'd take a bandana, put his cassette. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Bindle. Yeah, a little. Bit of we saw a movie, Tramp, Tramp, Tramp. Right. Right. Which is a Civil War song, but there was three tramps in it. At least there was one tramp. I'm really surprised at her acting. Now the thing is, I know this director. He wanted this on purpose. He wanted her to be flat and awful, but I. Did she win the Oscar? Because I'll go no. and take it back. No, she, yeah. She had won the Oscar. Wait until she passed away, go to her estate sale, and fucking steal it. I think the Bowery Boys has a, they definitely have a star. Hollywood. I think I it's don't and know, Vine. I think it's Hollywood and Vine. I think it's I'm like sure a special. Right. No, it might be even prior to that. I don't know. I'll have to find that. I'll let you know in the future. 
It's definitely out there. I've seen it. I um. It's a famous I wrote one. Wrote down a bunch of stuff about them. No worries. I think I should go and just photograph stars of uh, people who've been in our movies. And That's a great see. idea. Yeah. I think Do a walking tour. Stuff, like the blouse is open. This is why she won an Oscar because she showed her. She had a she revealing did, dress. Didn't win the Oscar. She didn't win the Oscar? No. Uh, her acting was so bad. Look at that nice crying, though. That's pretty good acting. She was there at the Oscars night. I remember uh, they said to her, excuse me, can you move over a bit? The winner is coming through. Oh, mom. So, Bogart's been rejected. 100% rejected by his wife. Yeah. And he had, like, a brunch uh, reservation all set up. It's awkward. <laughs> now, Table for gonna, two? Yeah. They're going to go in, one. and his thug is going to put on some music to cheer up his team. Oh, but first you got to get a toothpick. There was toothpicks on back back in the Bowery East East River. If you need a toothpick, go in. <laughs> so it's a player piano. Yeah. Turn it off, see? Turn it off. So the only way he knows yeah. how to do it is to fucking kick it. My Sunday, Monday, happy days. Turn it off. Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, happy days. Now, the proprietor is going to remember that shit. He did not like that shit. Those are expensive. That's probably for the 1800s. That's not a kicker piano. Now look, you see he marks the bottle? Yeah, as one does. Yeah, if you pour it on your own behind my back, I'm going to know. Why don't you just take the bottle and put it behind the bar? Right, right. I don't know. Right. See, he's got that toothpick going. Yeah. Shut up, you. Uh, let's see who this thug is. Uh, his name's Alan Jenkins, and, and his nickname in this movie, his name in this movie is Hunk. Hunk. Huh? He's all ears. He died in 74. He's an American actor and singer, worked stage and film and television. Born in Staten Island, 1900. Yeah. Member of wow. so-called Irish Mafia. Group of Irish-American actors, which included Spencer Tracy, Agnew, blah, blah, blah. Worked later as a voice character of Officer Charlie Dibble in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon Top Cat. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. Officer Dibble, huh? And I'm Top Cat. I'm Arnold Stang. He worked with like Bogart and Arnold Stang. Yeah, that's all I got on this guy. Hello, evening, Officer Dribble. Now, evening, Top Cat. Now, now, Top Cat, you're not doing some really weird, boring hijinks, are you? Uh, well, Officer Dribble, it would be even easier to tell. They've beaten the guy up. They stole his jacket. They stole his watch. Yeah. I mean, he's all fucked. Good time. Yeah. Got a couple bucks. So he's like, say, sister. Have a quick, you know, maybe uh, I can buy you something nice. Would you like a soda? And she's like, with what money? What have you been doing? Why are your pants? I wasn't doing nothing. 
Imagine how hot you look. Sona would be. They're going slim in that's why they're. Oh, uh, I got you. Just not today's movie. Smoking cigarettes, beating up kids, getting undressed. Because, I mean, it's only to their detriment on site because it's a play. Uh-huh. And there's movie version of a play, and sometimes right. they feel like plays, and sometimes that works, you know? Yeah. But it's like you want to. It's so strange that it became this based on real life. It's based on suffering, right? Based on the poor New yeah. York City. Yeah. It became a play and a hit. And it became a movie, and then the characters in the movie became one acting entity that appeared in six other movies, five other movies. Right. And then they spawned a, a series of like B films. Yes. Where it was more and more like years. just. Yeah. Like, is there something to the equivalent of that? Was it like a catfish? Maybe the there was catfish was originally a documentary, and then it became that MTV uh, show. I don't know catfish. I'm trying to think, like, was there something that was, like, serious documentary that just turned into, like, a lobster? Hmm, good question. Um, I know I'll find an example. Yeah. She's a really good actress in this, by the way. Um, she deserved that Oscar. She, well, she didn't win an Oscar once again. Uh, it's just this woman who has a one scene. It hasn't come up yet? No. She became an actress at right. It hasn't come up yet. She became an actress at fifteen years old as a way of overcoming shyness. And her first film appearance was an extra in a D.W. Griffith film. Sorrows of Satan. You would definitely lose your shyness being an extra in a D.W. film. She was always playing girlfriends or sisters of a gangster. Gary Cooper's girlfriend. Spencer Tracy, Henry Fonda, you know, Harry Grant, just sisters and bro- uh, girlfriends of gangsters. I never promised you a rose garden. She was in uh, Hitchcock's Sabotage. Huh. She was in Fury and 36 by Fritz Lang. Um, she was one of the highest paid actresses in the industry, earning 10 grand a week. $80,000 she got for Sabotage with uh, Alfred was she the one who was top filled, and they had to recall the film and put Bogart's name in it? Or did I do that? Yes. Yes, she, she was. Well, I don't know which. I'm not sure exactly what you asked, but when this film came out, her name was on the top, right. and for some reason that wasn't cool with Bogart. So the next release, this Bogart's name got put up front, and that's what we were seeing here. Oh no, Richie Ritz is sad. Yeah. He, all beat up. There they are. Don't go into that club. <laughs> Chasing pigeons. You gonna spank him? Now, someone's caught, and his name is Tommy. Okay, and Tommy is the brother of uh, our our hero, uh, our heroine Rena. Gotcha. Right? So. Let me go, let me go. Not going to let him go. Here's your watch back. Of course, the father wants justice. He wants the kid arrested. Now here's the sister. She's doing her thing. Oh, and there's James. Was Mars Mars Attacks? Was um, Ray's pug dogs at Show Dogs. Look, he just got stabbed in the arm by a nun that Milty gave him. 
that's gonna be that's gonna oh. be reformed rule strong. Oh, uh, here we go. Published two books on the art of medieval <laughs> Who did? The the actress? Yeah. She was, but she was doing needle plugs as show dogs. He was a good he had a good life. He was doing needlepoint in this movie. Remember she's sticking her yeah. head out the window? Yep. Top of the morning, Carl. Top of the morning, Mike. Will you two shut up to sneak downstairs? Now, the cop is being told, you go get that fucking kid. The cop's not being a jerk about it, but he's like, right, I'm going to spend my time. Then he's going to find out that this is the brother of a judge. For his own career, he better go find that kid. Wave his brother's name around. No, uh, the doorman. Here, turn it on now. Turn it on. So that little indication, uh, like, oh, you better fucking fix this. Fire, you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was talking about your mother. Your mother. And in our stuff, I mean, the third one, he's like a friend to the. The most dangerous game is a kick-ass movie, and he was yeah. kick-ass in it. So yeah, he he definitely. Uh, he was in foreign foreign correspondent. Alfred Hitchcock. A lot of Hitchcock movies brought up. Well, yeah. Well, he was in Barbary Coast. Um, oh. He was in Sullivan's Travels, which is not Gullivan. No, I've seen Sullivan's Show. That's Preston Surge. Uh, the French say are a funny race. Yeah, Preston Surge is. Oh, the oh, French say are a funny race. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm from Fiboga. Stop watching. Look, they're they're facing face to face. But his 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 um face is different, and that's why he can safely talk to a cop. Right. He's nervous. Oh, because he's still wearing the same clothes. He was. He did another movie called Dark Passage where he got a face no one uh, recognized, and it looked like he, you know, he turned out to be Bogart. That was a famous movie because it had like a first-person view of him. Listen, I just want to go on record again. We saw that movie Man with Bogart's Face, and it was yeah. a comedy. I got just, I just got to say, and uh-huh. that guy did a lot of like stage work in this sort of comedy. It was the wrong thing. It was the wrong way to go. What they should have done was continue making this style Humphrey Bogart movie. They should have made other Maltese Falcons and Casablancas with that guy being a serious actor. And all the older people who were in those films had parts in it. You've seen Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid, right? Yes, yes. That's a great example. That kind of a film. Of course, that was a comedy. It was a, it was a comedy that took clips from movies from the forties and and interspersed it in the film. So they would have Humphrey Bogart from another film on the phone. Yeah, it was Didn't you see like Humphrey Bogart? You know, the man with Bogart's face doing that role. You know, you know, I have you seen the movie on uh, Pornhub? The man with Humphrey Bogart's uh, dick. No, <laughs> not even worth it. Not even worth it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Prove it, right? We never right. saw it. We never saw it. Listen, man, I took a, spent a lot of time exhuming this penis. 
All right, hunk. That's. Or any DNA left? Can we get a penis sample? So now, here comes Francie. Okay. Right. Now Francie is a prostitute and she has syphilis, but oh, can't say that. There was all sorts of censorship. In the um, movie, she's like act two. Well, they could say she's sick, but the thing is. If it was 1937 and you're in the audience watching this, you did know what she was doing. You know, you knew right. the movie couldn't say it. And they never say what's her job that got her syphilis, but. Well, they play the Have You're Happy. Win an Oscar for this. Oh, this scene. When they play, what do you got? I'll give you a hint. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Clap, clap. She's got the clap. We saw another, I was going to say there was another actor in this blue screen. Oh, so uh, Richard, uh, that guy, you know who I'm talking about. No. From from Greengrass, the, the golly go. Uh, Richard goes uh, the golly go. <laughs> Richard Burden. Yeah, Richard Burden. Right. Greengrass, the golly go. Yeah, here's a green golly go bell. It's just that it's not a malpropism. It's uh, go go gadgets. So anyway, he was Lauren Bacall was uh, in a documentary in 1963 about Richard Burton, uh, and she was saying that young Richard Burton came to our table and Bogey took a liking to him, and they were good drinking buddies. <laughs> because she 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 outlived them. To him. Yeah. Well, it was a great romance. I mean, it was a great romance. They made great movies together, and he always spoke fondly of him and, like, gave very classy interviews, like, talking about his memory and stuff like that. But well, he that was one... 44 years old, and he met Lauren Bacall when she was 19. They were filming To Have or To Have Not in 44. 19 years old, and he was 44. I guess uh, it was the more the former than the latter, To Have or Have Not. So they would go on to do Dark Passage and Fargo. Yep. Okay, why don't you listen for a second? Dead end. Like I used to be. Got syphilis, and the audience knows it. She just says, I'm sick. Oh, he figured it out. He's looking down, not looking yeah. up. Now, he's going to be mad. Like, why did you become a prostitute? What are you talking about? Why did you go into crime? We both did what was available to us. One on you. There you go. There's no dead end kids. No, but really, why didn't you? Like, because you do kidnappings and rob banks. That means I mean, there's, they're both crimes. And what's available? Nobody's gonna pay to sleep with you, Bogart. Right, that's true. So he's gonna he's gonna give her some money and send her on her way. But he is really not interested anymore. And she's like, "Give me a kiss for old times' sake." Uh -uh. 
maybe <laughs> why she won. Go ahead, listen. This is why she won an Oscar. Yeah. Damn. One more thing. Yeah, uh, just one more thing. Columbo. Twenty bucks. Use his dental dam. Oh, she cheated. Goldfish. Now they would go and be in two other films together. They would be in Team Fargo together. And this film, I don't know, The Amazing Dr. Clickerhouse. What? Yeah. No, I'm familiar with the Pornhub one. Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Clitoris. But Dr. Clitterhouse in 1988. I don't know that film. Do you? I don't know. I don't think we can't locate it. Get it? Because we're good. <laughs> can't find it. Now, this film was highly censored, that scene that won an Oscar. Um, but also, okay, Green requested that the line, all cats look alike in the dark, be deleted. That was about a rich girl versus a poor girl. He goes, all cats look alike in the dark. All cats. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, I got it, girl. You don't have to spell it out. <laughs> son of a bitch and go to hell were, tra were made to trail off. You son of a Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, you could buy. That was before and after. Um, the word bum should not be used in British French for the film with that word in British slang for prostitute. No Bronx cheer should be used. The character's right. spit should not be actually shown spitting. No scenes of the character stepping on cockroaches huh. and are still garbage. Uh, they didn't name him Spit. Way you're Spit. And you do get to say Spit, but don't Spit. Right. Just don't actually. What is this like? A, oh, look at the breadsticks, though. <laughs> it's an Italian place. It's, you got pizza. I mean, you know. Really? In the, yeah, earlier he said, we'll have two pizzas. Because, you know, New York City has the best pizza. We know, we get it. You yeah, we got it all righty. Come on now, look, you are part of our heritage. You are from here, and you have pride in New Jersey pizza. Carl, I got, I had a last time I had a chance to go to New Jersey. We had a great time. We, it was uh, it was a guest of yours, and you took me to White Castle, which I hadn't had, and I ate so much White Castle. Yeah. And then you pulled up to Mr. Dino's Pizzeria in Watcham Plaza yeah, right. in Montclair, and you're like, "Let's get pizza," and I was stuffed. I couldn't eat. And you're like, have a bite. And I took one bite. And just everything rushed back. It was really intense. Yeah. Really good pizza. And then also the guy behind the counter was looking at me. Probably really remember who I was. You think so? From high school, maybe. I remember there was that guy who answered the phone, Dino, Dino. One time, <laughs> me and Tom were in there eating our pizza like a little dumb freshman in high school or whatever. Right. The phone rings. And then. We both went, Dino. Right, he looked at him so mad because he was about to pick up the phone and go, Dino. So we did it. He looked at him so mad. And he goes, Kick him over. He goes, Dino. <laughs> like he had to, like on purpose. Killed his, you killed his buzz. Yeah, we really, I mean, we fucked with him and we didn't mean to. 
Now, this Joel McRae, who we know from Greenland and Get It, yeah. he was having a hard time working with Bogart once. Um, they were on some rooftop scene and were talking. So the directors, he's doing new takes, new takes, and he goes, okay, okay, let's take five. They pulled him aside and he goes, what's going on with you? Why can't you deliver your lines right? Why can't you? He goes, well, I didn't want to admit this, and I was just trying to live with it, but Humphrey Bogart's spitting on me. When Humphrey Bogart was saying his lines, little kitten nice. in his eye, talking with him. That explains his later acting style when he talked to the ground. <laughs> and he was thanked afterwards. Uh, Claire Trevor plays his old girlfriend, American actress who died in 2000, 65 films between 33 and 32, winning the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Fargo. Received a nomination, didn't win for Dead End. Um, have you seen Key Largo? Yes, in my life. I don't remember it well. Do you recommend it? I mean, it's a strange film. It's a, definitely a classic, and like people love it. It's just this idea of like there's a bank robbers, and they have to hold out, and they, they find a boat in Key Largo, but there's a storm happening. Everyone is stuck, so they're, they're hostages. I didn't see it. And it's you see it in other movies. Bank robberies go wrong because of a natural disaster. There was, there was mm. a, I think, a Christian Slater movie. I remember yeah. this one bank robber movie. It was a um, uh, Woody Allen movie. And it was really before I knew I shouldn't like Woody Allen or I bumped into a lot of dumb, awful films. It was back when. It would, um, was it Take the Money and Run? Shot in San Francisco? No. Um, this is more. This was later in his career. Tracy Ullman was in it. And oh, sure. Sure, I yeah. know the film you're talking about. So they were, they were going to rob a bank, um, and they were faking some woman with, uh, I think Tom Hanks was in it. No, 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 I'm thinking of a different film. Anyway, um, that was all the commercials. When you went to see the film, that was like about the first 15 minutes of the film, and the, the rest of it was a whole different movie. I thought oh, I was another did... bank heist movie. Yeah. Tricked you. Woody tricked you. Yeah, he did. And it was fun how he did it. I did see from Dust of Dawn, going from Woody Allen to from Dust of Dawn to Texas Blood Money. But <laughs> it was the same premise of, you know, the vampires from, from Dust of Dawn bites a right. bank robber. So they're robbing a bank and suddenly they turn into vampires. And vampire bank robbers versus human bank robbers versus <laughs> sheriff. Okay, Tommy has now run away. Tommy is wanted. Cops are after him. Stab the guy in the head. Taking the rap somehow for beating up the kid alone. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that happened, even though he was home several times. Um, he doesn't snitch. No, he doesn't snitch, but he doesn't have an opportunity to snitch. He's run away. Later, Spit will snitch on him, believe it or not. They'll have a fight about it. But anyway, they're trying to figure out what to do now. They run away, and you know, I'll come with you. And... Go ahead and listen a minute. Or two. Sure. I, I got plans. Come on, Mother. Get out of here. We'll go through this together. 
Yeah. You get the gist of the scene from that little sound bite. It's the pressure of. Don't you get it? It's a dead end. It's more like a cul-de-sac. There's houses surrounding it. It's you know, it's, it's like a womb. The yeah, life comes out of it. It's not really a dead end. Cul-de-sac is a dead end, and no, it's not a cul-de-sac where you can turn around. It's it's a road that ends in the water. It's not a thorough street. Didn't you see the sign? Thoroughfare. Thoroughfare. Yeah, no, that makes this just say the word dead. It was a very thorough street. Instead of saying dead end, there was a different word. Now look, he goes. He's like, uh, Dina, whatever her name is, and she shuts the light. Oh yeah, it finally windows closed. The windows must, window must have crashed. Windows must have crashed. Yeah. Now the thing is. Saw the disgust of the rich girlfriend, uh, and he's like, "This is not for me. I want to be with." Uh, it is Drina. Drina. She just wants to be with Drina, but she thinks that he wants to be with the rich girl. I don't know. It's these shots. This this Italian restaurant is open six in the morning and it closes one in the morning. According to the signage. Okay, so he goes home for four hours. <laughs> Jeez, I fucking ate that restaurant. Ah, call it a day. Power nap. naps for four hours. Yeah. I hate my job. Okay, you wake so, up in the cot. <laughs> so Babyface has come all the way from Colorado with plastic surgery to see his old girlfriend and to see his mom. But no oh. one else figures it out. Both of whom, well, he's got plastic surgery. Only Dave's figured it out. Both of whom he loves. However, he got smacked in the face twice. Mom says, fuck off, and the girlfriend says, fuck off. Ray, so now, an Oscar. it's time for him to head back west. But to the, sh the thug's chagrin, they're noticing how much parents care about that kid who got beat up. They're going to kidnap the kid. Kidnap the rich kid or the or right. Johnny? Kidnap the rich kid and, you know, charge five grand or whatever. A lot sure of money. To pay out the legal fees. Are you crazy? Let's get out of here. Too many people know who you are anyway. You, your mom knows. The girlfriend knows. Dave knows. Let's get going. It's like, I came here for something. I didn't get it. I'm going to at least get the money. I'm going to leave with the money. Leave with five grand for kidnapping a kid? Well, I mean, he's got all this money from like bank robberies and stuff. And kidnapping. But I, I just said that. We mostly right. heard about him murdering men and bank robbing people. I just assumed that because he's so hyped to kidnap. Okay, now we are about to launch into Act Three. Dave's wow. like, I told you to get the fuck out of here. Now, Dave makes a dumb move. He's like, all right, if you won't leave, then I'm going to the cops. Why would he tell him that? Oh, yeah, that's true. You think he should have just said, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, fair enough. Well, I'll see you. Uh, yeah, I'll walk this Ow! way. Oh, I got Ten stabs him. That, oh, that is brutal, dude. That's the end of Dave. That's the reason why I don't. Human excrement. Uh, 
Damn it, it's adult swim, and they're swimming with their faces in the water. Now they're seeing that nobody really caught them. Nobody caught on. Nobody heard that. Still looking for that. This place is really happening. Oh, yeah, there it is. The rich uh, Hoi Polloi is like sort of. Ain't that a trip? They're looking down at us. Yeah, what do you it, say up there? I saw you. His brother's the judge. I like to tell that to strangers. Cops. Well, no, that when you were telling the cop, you better find. Oh, it's not dead. Oh, yay. The most dangerous the game can be killed. Attack. Yeah, the most dangerous game. It's bad. It's Norma Gray. Yep, Ooh, nice that's... shot. Cops would do that back yeah, then. The Billy Gray. Yeah, throw me up the wall. I'm trying to save my life. See how the nightstick was, was rubbing against the bars? Yeah. Back in the old day, cops would do that to let you know in your house, listening to the radio or whatever. You know, you're there out by. here patrolling the streets. Blackout. We don't want the Japanese to see that your lights are on. Now, Humphrey Bogart got the part, but they, Samuel Goldwyn wanted James Cagney. Wouldn't have made a difference. This movie is kind of a weird curio, but I'm up having Humphrey Bogart. Bogart only got it after this other guy refused. George Raft? I don't know yeah. him. You know him. Yeah, sure. Graft? Old Grafty? Old Grafty. Now, uh, Bogart was on loan from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers didn't want to give it to Sam Goldwyn until he said that Warner Brothers could borrow Marion Hopkins. It was a studio. It was a studio's time. Because wow. the actors were under contract, so you couldn't really just do a uh, Netflix film and then go do a Hulu film and go do one of the other. Right, exactly. That you were contracted. Now we're going to have a fight with the thug in which he's going to win. You see how Bogart is getting into this little room. Yeah. Oh, here's it. The film contains scenes with the young, uncredited, uncredited Sidney Kibrick, who is best remembered for his portrayal of Lime in the sidekick of the neighborhood bully Butch in The Little Rascal. That's what Oh, all right. Little Rascal. He's a, so he's a friend of Butch. Yes. He was cute as hell, too. I don't know. Here I saw... Um, an early gangster role for Humphrey Bogart was built on the success of his performance in The Petrified Forest, 1936. There he is. Yeah, but this isn't the spitting scene. This will be a runaway scene. So the neighborhood's all awake now. They hear the guns. Have you, seen the, have you seen the gangster? Gangster's on the roof. Oh, why didn't you just tell me he died? You don't have to pretend he didn't die. Uh, I need yeah. more billy clubs. There's the old water silo. Kiss of the fire. Bang! Bang! Oh. I'm pretending I was shot. In this film, they don't even pretend with blood or anything. No, there's no blood. Like, the suit's still impeccable. Just, ow! Fuck, that hurt. 
Yeah, there was no, uh, there was nothing underneath there. I look, hey. he's not hey. dead. Bang! He shot the cop? No, he shot. Yep. A lot of smoke. There's mom. Right. And they won't know it's baby face until mom starts crying. Oh, and then they said, oh, it must be a face change. Guy has two ties. Bogart was in two other films with the Dead End Kids, Crime School in 38, and Angels with Dirty Faces in 38. Angels with Dirty Faces. That's a classic-sounding name. They also did two movies with Bella Lugosi that I don't think were like. Uh-huh. Now, the mom, you know, Dave Kier's the mom, and Kurt's his there was a SCTV sketch. They had Robin Williams on, and they were all the, the Bowery boys. Oh. And one of them got a job, and so Martin Short and Robin Williams, they go over, and it's a gay bar. They work as oh. a bartender. They're like, oh, I don't know. Saturday Night Live, not SCTV. No, this was SCTV. They had Robin Williams on there. With Martin Short? Martin Short was on SCTV first. Right. And then he brought all his hilarious characters. Okay. Uh, to, to Saturday Night Live. Gotcha. SNL. So they're like, we caught Babyface Martin! And there's big reward money, so Dave will get the reward money. We Martin. Come in, police station. We got Babyface Martin. Yes, this is the police station. Yes, we got... Ba yes, if you'd like to talk to the police station, please talk on this phone. Yes. <laughs> now, the director did a movie called The Best Years of Our Lives in 46. Now, what was the Lou Costello film? Oh, A Time of Their Lives. Oh, okay. So you think it was written to bite off of The Best Years of Our Lives? I think they're all based on all right, pick him up. He oh, this scene. kind of got his start because he was the cousin of a guy who founded Universal Pictures. Next thing you know, he's directing. Really. This scene, they really are stretching it out. Well, we're getting a lot of information. Like, we're learning about... Um, I mean, they're using a stretch. Oh, I see. <laughs> stretch. So you can see that he's unaffected by the reward money. He doesn't give a damn about that. It's just kind of freaked out. Now, they're going to try to find the boy, um, um, Tommy, and it's going to be Spit who rats him out because, I don't know, they threaten him like, you beat up that kid, we'll listen to it when it comes out. And um, and TP is going to over... No, Milty. Milty will overhear him ratting him out. Milty was the new kid. Give me my three cents back. Oh, right. So he holds a beef. See, if they'd just given him three cents, they would have been in the clear. No, I don't think it's that. Oh, yeah. you know, my brother is a judge. <laughs> judge Dredd? And look, he's taking that thing. Yeah. Why? Why? Look at that cash. Taking the money. That's right. like for evidence. But why take the ring? Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, someone wants. They should take the body while they're at it. 
<laughs> okay, now we'll, let's let's turn it on. Turn it on. He is a rat. Here we go. I want to, I'm looking for Archie. It's a jughead. Oh, look, they're over here in it. Extra, extra. David. Oh, he's not the dickhead. The Dorman's the dickhead. Putting him in that situation. Well, I mean. See, you're not wrong, but it's like the Dorman has loyalties lawyer but you're still That's not true. wrong like why should he really care I mean, he is on the job at this second okay more pressure what are we gonna do uh, i don't know uh i don't want to leave the set <laughs> yeah that's right in the play it's like you can't hide we just set up the scene it's like the truman show there is no off camera there is yeah. no off set we don't know what's out there So he's going to go hide while she prepares to run away. Then she'll go find him. They'll run away together. Stop coming. There we go. Evening officer. There's a kid named uh, Ami Orden. No. Kid. Then why are you so stressed out? No, I'm acting. The director insists I look stressed because I'm stressed in this part. I mean, the, the apartments look realistic, I guess. Oh. It's not like the Friends apartment. <laughs> no, well, they're trying to do a tenement. Right. Wow, everybody's come out, and it's been fun and nice. Lots of gunshots. And Davy's face. Davey's got killed. Davey's You're looking for a tailor or a hand clean laundry officer? Come over here to Alfonso's. 440. Ah, uh, see, the system's against him. Yep. So, Tommy heard it all now. He knows he's in triple trouble. They even know, you know, they know where he lives, they know his name. Now, he will see all packed up, right? She put away the suitcase so you wouldn't it wouldn't be obvious. Got to find Tommy. Then they're gonna get going. So where's Tommy? Oh, and all the cops are there, and all the gossip. Looks like they're all the Yentas are out. Neighborhood well, everybody came out. There was a big shooting. Yeah. Excitement. Oh, I see even a haircut. Two bits. Not a lot of time for you on the vaudeville show tonight, Frank. Just two bits. Right. Okay, there he is above the gang. Checking everything out. They now, look, killed and burned a newsie to get that paper. They're looking in 
the paper and they're going to have the story wrong and they're going to be shocked. The newspaper's never wrong. Truth is, he just assumed all his life that the newspaper coverage was true. Right. You telling me that there's nobody named Ziggy? There's not a big faced guy with a long nose and a dog? These newspapers lie to me. Wait, what do you, you mean, mean Ziggy cartoon? Yeah. You should do like uh, like Nan Priest. Um, you should do like their era. Oh, their era? Luggo right. and Nancy. Oh, you're talking little Abner ain't real. Right, right, right. He yeah. lives in dog patch. There's uh, no can... bachelor named Dagwood for love with a girl named Blondie. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Zippy was my favorite in this, even though Fish gets all the credit. Yeah, you know, he's the glue. There he is, there he is. So oh my god. He was in World War II, 1943, and he was in like a U.S. training film. U.S. Navy training film called Don't Kill Your Friend. So I immediately went to YouTube to find it, and I found yeah. it. It is, I mean, it's really doing safety about your about your, your airplane. There's, hi, so, I'm Stinky from the Bowery Boys. There's nothing friendly when it comes to friendly fire. <laughs> That's right. He was there you go. I can't say that out loud. Right? I said that out loud, Carl. Dude, That's that's young Mike. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Paul was arrested in, for possession of marijuana in 48. Trial held wow. in 49, but he had a hung jury. Um, Horace Debauchy, which was Satch Jones, yeah. in 48 of the Bowery Boys, uh, with his longtime partner, Leo Gorsi, left the series in 56. 56. This is 37 right here. Yeah. Um. I don't know. He was on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, that's cool. That's right. Now, the thing is, they wanted Leo Gorski. But Leo Gorski wanted money. They were like, well, all right, fuck you. We'll do, we'll do Satch then. Yeah. Good thing about the Bowery Boys is that it's plural. Yeah, another Bowery Boy. But this guy's interesting. The only thing interesting is he co-starred in a, 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 a pilot with Jane Farr. It was a CBS situation comedy called The Chicago Oh, I love it. I can imagine what it is. Do you, do you, I was a model who. Uh, oh no, that's me. Here we go. Climb on down. By Nye's Leo Gorski, an appearance on a television commercial for Pontiac in '69. Um. Good roll. May 39, Gorski married 15-year-old dancer Chris Marvis. appeared in four of his monogram movies. They divorced in 44, and Marvis married Paucho Mark. Yeah. I can't find it. I, I think it's Gorski who was in the Sergeant Pepper, and he wanted money. Now, wasn't the other Bowery Boy in that album cover, like, smack dab in the middle, like, in the center, kind of? You know, 
I'm a Beatles fan, but I never like dove into who's on this cover. I mean, sure. when I look at, I see a crowd surrounding a bass drum. Well, you went you went crazy researching the cover for the White Album. They had to lock you up. 